to Words Out Loud, a series of audio profiles of audio people. Every month, I'll be chatting to someone from my world of recorded words, colleagues, clients and friends, and I'll share that with you via my newsletter or social media accounts. You can find those links, catch up with past profiles, as well as listen to the latest episode of Low Light at crawleyvoicestudio.com. Thanks so much for listening. I'm very happy to welcome here today the inimitable Letty Butler. And yeah, so so you're my third interview so far. So now I just want to say that the reason that we know each other is because we met through doing something called SketchUp, didn't we? We did. I think that's when we first met, which is, so SketchUp is a group of six people, actors, who got together to perform some radio sketch comedy quite a long time ago, a few years ago. Um, So that's how we know each other. But tell me who you are, where you're from, what you do, who you are. So um, I I suppose I'm a bit of a a creative jack-of-all-trades, to be honest, Mal. So I, I'm an actress by profession, um, and I still I still do that. Uh, but I'm also a writer, so I write across various different genres. Um, I am currently working on my first novel, but I also write flash fiction and scripts. Uh, and then I spent quite a long time as one half of the comedy double act. I also do a podcast for writers called Prompty Prompt, and I am a creative coach as well so I work with primarily other actors and writers um but anybody really in the creative sphere um so yeah right so not much then really I mean it's not like you keep yourself busy or anything (laughs) (laughs) so well you know yeah so okay so am I right in thinking that kind of when you were left school you went and did actor training straight away is that right no actually I I was uh, I went to uni in Leeds and I did um, English literature and theatre and I was always really interested in writing and I wrote uh, I think probably three or four plays while I was there and, and got kind of into directing as well and um, but I also caught the acting bug because the nature yeah. of the course was that you had to do get involved in all the aspects of theatre. So when I left, I didn't really know how to become a director. And my mum was an agent uh, mm. at the time. And she said, well, look, why don't you just get some headshots done and we'll put you off some stuff. And while you're having a think about what to do, you know, maybe you can get some dosh. And I thought, well, yeah, OK. And um, and I worked loads that, that year, and then I found myself on stage at the York Theatre Royal in a two-hander being like, oh, what the fuck am I doing? Wow. Like, I, I don't know what I'm doing here. And so that was the point at which I thought, well, if you're going to do this, Letty, you really need to you need to train. So so I um, I applied to drama school and then disappeared off down to London for the next 12 years. Right. OK. So that's oh, that's very interesting. So you were writing really before you were, were kind of got on stage as an actor, really. Is that yeah. right? I think okay. I've done full circle. Yeah. So it's yeah. always been there, this writing bug that you have. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And it's never gone sense. away. Does it does it kind of come and go or? Um, oh, good question. Um it 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 doesn't right like you know for the past three years it's it's very much a four years I guess um, actually longer than that but uh, in the earlier stages of my life it, it usually only cropped up when I was having a bad time oh <laughs> so I would you know I would use it as a kind of way of 
um, I don't know, trying to express myself, I suppose. So yeah. I wrote lots of, you know, angsty, angsty poetry. And, like, I did a lot of art when I was younger. And it, it, it was always kind of collage between intricate drawings, but also lots of text. So... Oh, uh, how interesting. Yeah, okay. It's, it's always been a bit like, a little bit like therapy for me. I was I just about to ask you, is it kind of part of how you, you m- not mediate, but how you regulate your emotional self or is it part of your yeah. self-care routine or Definitely. do you see it like that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, also, you know, I, I journal every day these days. <laughs> um, oh, how long have you done that for? I've done that for the past two years okay great so um, you've got a fantastic body of work of your right of, of of journaling every day there that's yeah, fantastic it's absolute bollocks Mel you know if anyone <laughs> read that I'd be I'd be I'd be you know mortified because it's it's just so mundane but uh I, I find that's a really really helpful yeah m- mental health tool um, okay yeah and I and I think everyone everyone should have a crack at it yeah uh, so oh, yeah, and that kind of gets the dross out of my brain and, and, and paves the way for the for the more creative stuff, I think. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, when I was um, at, I studied visual art and drama um, for my degree course. And oh, our, lovely. actually before that we had, I went on a, fa- I did an art foundation course and we had some fantastic tutors there and one of their, they insisted that everybody keep a diary and it was it's a an a4 hardbacked diary and you had to do it every single day it was that and sketchbooks and I think that of course what you say is absolutely right that you know it helps get rid of that you know not rubbish because it's not rubbish but it just kind of helps you get in it's like you're it's like it's almost like warming up perhaps in a, in, a, in a way kind of yeah. isn't it yeah, so that's really interesting. So, okay, so with the, because I'm very interested in how you write, and I know you get up very early, don't you, and do write on, on your novel. Is that particularly for your novel to kind of get writing done every day? Is it a discipline? Yes, it is. So mm. I I wake up, it's, it is obscene, but I wake up naturally at 4am every day <laughs> within a five minute radius. Wow. I don't know how it happens. And I just go straight to my... Um, my desk well I make I make, a, I make a cup of coffee I know it's bad to drink coffee at 4am but uh yeah and then I um and I work on the novel for two to three hours yeah and then I go back to bed right and that's that's usually the only work I'll do on the novel during the day because yeah. I have lots of different things going on but I find that 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 time in the morning is it's the it's the it's when I'm the most connected I think um and there's no distractions yeah. no one else is up you know you, you can't dick around on social media yeah uh, if you sent someone an email they think you were a massive weirdo <laughs> so you know it's really the only thing to do um yeah and then I and then I wake up kind of again at what eight um, yeah. and kind of start the day again so it feels a bit like you know sometimes when I read back over over my work I think oh, God, I don't remember writing this at all like and it is a bit witchy like it feels a bit kind of strangely I'm gonna sound like a real wanker now but it kind of strangely magical because yeah you know I, I sometimes feel like I'm not really in control of it um but what I do and, and and this is my this is my top tip is I set a timer I set a timer for 30 minutes yeah and I'm clear on what I'm trying to achieve and which bit I'm working on yeah and then I write for 30 minutes without editing or going back or rereading and I just I force myself just to keep keep my fingers tapping over the keyboard and and I do that maybe three times in a morning 
That's... And that is how I get the bulk of it done. Yeah, yeah. That sounds amazing that you stick to that. And how long have you been doing that for? I would say in, in this very particular way, probably for the last 18 months. Okay. And but is that particularly, have you started doing that while you've been writing this novel? Or do you do it for anything else, like the other short stories that you write or anything? Um yeah, I mean, there are days days when I think, you know, I can't I can't face the novel today, and yeah. or or if I've got a little itch for a different story that needs to come out, then then yeah. I will do that. I will do the same process for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but specifically for the novel, yes, I think this is when this is. It was a kind of necessity. Like I think my body learned that this is what needed to happen in order to get the book out. That's so, it's fascinating. It's really interesting, and and of course you said just then that you know you sometimes you can't face the novel and so perhaps you have to but you still want to write yeah. so so perhaps you have to kind of you know do something else and actually that's going to just brings me on to you mentioned right at the top of this that you um you run a podcast or you you you, uh, you make a podcast called Prompty Prompt and that's you know that's the reason that I'm doing this because I'm it so got pleased about ah, that, well it, it's it's this and because I'll be sending this to people alongside some writing that I've I'm I'm currently doing. So I've kind of started writing myself again. I don't really consider myself a writer, but if you write, you're a writer. Well, I suppose so. I, but prompty prompt it gives prompts to writers, and then it helps them write, doesn't it? And yeah. and you did a kind of an open call out um, to kind of ask people who are not don't perhaps don't write all the time like me. Um, to try something and so I did and actually I was in a right grump at the time and I, I felt everything was really rubbish and I did it and it was just such an instant hit of creativity um, and that was just it was wonderful and it got my it got me going again really and it got is, me it, thinking it a differently. Now. Yeah. yeah yeah I'm so pleased that that that, that, this, that it's you know, it's been a catalyst for, for this project and yeah. and for other writing. Yeah. You know, that's really why why we why we started it. Yeah. Well, tell us about that. Tell me about that. There's no, it's just me. I don't know why I'm saying us. It's not the royal we. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, Come tell me now. about how that all started. Well, I'm going to tell the masses. Actually, <laughs> property prompt. I worked with Dave, whose real name is Stephen, and you know, there's no real reason why I call him Dave other than I once got it wrong when we were together in the workplace. Um, okay. So it was his idea. We worked together for for an arts company and he always wanted to do this kind of game show style podcast. And so we, 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 we both left that particular place of work, um, but we still wanted to do this idea. And, um, you know, I think there's, there's so much, uh, you know, you, if you listen to a literary, a literary podcast or, or a program on the radio, it's always featuring published writers and people that we know, which obviously, you know, gets the ratings. And of course, you, of course you do that because people are interested in, you know, Bernadine Evaristo or Ian McEwan. Um, and, and so they should be. But, you know, I think there is such a, a there, are, there are so many writers out there that are kind of plugging away and trying to get noticed and trying to get their break. And, you know, um, just we, we I suppose we're trying to kind of reestablish what 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 writing actually means, what it means to be a writer and what yeah. it, what success equates to. Um, so we always try and get uh, a more established writer with a fairly new, uh, you know, new writer, emerging writer on the show, so that we're not saying, you know, this this person's better than the other person because they've got X, Y, and Z published. Um, 
So it's really just to kind of support the people who do get up and think, why am I doing this? Like, no one's going to read it. Who do I think I am? Who's interested in anything I've got to say? You know, all of those things that we think. Yeah. Um, as creatives, I think, well, it's across the board, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, so really just trying to support those people because that's, that's, that's who me and Dave are. Yeah. And, and you have, where does it come from, this desire to support and help and mentor and, you know, kind of... It, fulfill that role in our kind of creative community do you know where it comes from oh I, I I'm, I'm really flattered that that's that's how you see me now that's absolutely to say thank you um I think I think it comes from you know a kind of gratitude for people that have helped me uh-huh. um, when I was really you know fresh out and starting and and also you know it's such it can be such a lonely, isolating business that mm. without a network, a creative network, everybody's buggered. So, you know, the more you feed into that pool, the stronger your own support network becomes yes. too. And and also, like I don't know, I I'm a single woman. I don't have children, um, and and I but I you know I've got I've got a lot of love now. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you know it's it's about that kind of nurturing that I don't know finding a new a new way to to be a bit maternal in a in a strange way not that i feel like a like a mother figure to any writers out there but i think it's just about you know i get a lot out of it as well so it's not totally altruistic yeah yeah um, yeah but it it genuinely gives me pleasure to 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 see people succeed and and um and to to think that i've played a part in that's really rewarding i guess the, it raises the bar a bit, you know, it kind of makes us all feel that little bit stronger. And when you yeah. feel strong, I think you can be more creative. And when you feel yeah. supported, you do take more risks, you put your work out there, yeah. you, you, you kind of, you know, it just, it just lifts everybody up. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Well, um, I mean, what else are you doing in that line? Have you got any projects on around that? Are you doing... Cause well, I the, think, the coaching line? Yeah, the coaching. I think oh. I know that you're up to something with that, Yes, I am slightly up to something. Well, um, <laughs> for the past couple of years, I've been, yeah, I've been working on this, uh, on this novel. Yeah. Um, but I've also been co-writing a, um, a non-fiction book, which is a six-week coaching programme for actors. Wow. Um, and I've been co-writing that with my very good friend and colleague, <laughs> Anita Gilbert. Who I spoke um, to only yesterday. Oh, did you? <laughs> yes. Oh, neat. Um, yeah, she's an amazing um, voice coach. Yes. And we've been we've known each other for a very long time. She used to be my mum's assistant in the in the agent agency. Yeah. Um, so she's a bit like a sister, I suppose. Um, but we had this idea. A long time ago, well, she had it. Again, I just do other people's ideas, Matt, that's, that's me. People say, should we do this? And I say, yes. Um, so, yeah, we, and so we've co-written this book because, and I guess, it, it, again, it's the same for writers and it's the same for lots of creatives, but being an actor, I think, is one of the hardest, hardest yeah. jobs. So it's really about how you navigate the industry, how you you know, equipping actors with the tools to, to be able to survive in, in the industry as well as, you know, it, it's less on the, oh, this is how you do an audition speech. It's not about tech because we, we all know how to do it. It's just whether or not we get chosen and how to cope with the rejection and all of those things. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that we are very 
pleased. We haven't actually officially announced it, but we are going to be doing soon. But wow, um, we have just um, recently uh, our book has been is being published by um, Nick Hearn Books in London. That's amazing! Uh, well, that's so, fantastic! Congratulations, and I absolutely look out for it. How wonderful! Yeah. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask you. I mean, we keep kind of referring to you writing your novel and uh, you know doing all of this other stuff. Um, tell us if you can if you don't mind if you will what your novel either is about or just what its subject is or some of the things that are in it I'm quite interested in what you're interested in as a writer generally as well okay right so I suppose all of my work is characterized generally by the glorious messiness of being human so Mm -hmm. I think I am always slightly drawn to to the to the darker the darker edges um but I have to approach it with a certain sense of comedy because otherwise it's too bleak uh-huh. um so I would say that it's it's sort of I would say it is it's a contemporary novel that is is grounded in um thematically it, it deals with uh, the impact of AI and, and modern technology on society but then it's also um about identity and what it means to be a woman in in society and it's about addiction um it's partially grounded in lived experience so I gave up alcohol two years ago I also um had an eating disorder so it's basically about two women whose lives entwine one is slightly further ahead in the future and their identities keep kind of merging wow um so it's all about slipstream of time and what defines us is it our memories is it our souls is it how do we perceive ourselves um so it's quite complex <laughs> yeah it sounds um, fascinating it sounds really interesting um yeah, yeah it's, definitely. A bit, it's a bit bonkers and anarchic but you know I'd read it I'd read, I'd it. read it too absolutely <laughs> it sounds right up my street have you do, do, are you a fan of Kate Atkinson Yes, I am. And have you read Life After Life? Yes, I have. Yeah. And it just immediately, well, it doesn't remind me, but makes me, puts me in mind of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that, the idea there. Uh, Wow. It's it's a kind of like, I guess, Black Mirror meets Fleabag. (laughs) That sort of vibe. Yeah. Um, And I'm also weirdly adapting it for screen at the moment. Oh, um, that's exciting. Yeah. That's really exciting. Wow. Oh, good luck with it. I mean, I just, I can't wait to see it in print. Well, thank you, Mal. Have you got a publisher for it or are you kind of... Do you know what? I I haven't, because I haven't finished it yet. No, so you haven't kind of embarked on that part of the journey yet. No, not yet. So, and has this, has the kind of journey of of writing the novel been as you thought it would be or is it is it differed quite wildly from you know what how oh, you thought it would be my god now <laughs> if anyone had told me and people do tell you obviously <laughs> but it is such a marathon yeah. and there have been moments where i've gone oh my god i cannot do this again like essentially i've written seven different books because all of the books yeah. have been so different because it took me so long to find to like work out what i was trying to say yeah, and how to say it. Um, I've learned so much about writing. I've learned so much about, you know, the writing process. But I think the thing that's really helped me and kept me going through the marathon of of writing a novel is is the flash fiction and kind of 
it just is a, it provides a bit of sustenance of, of being able to put a complete piece of work out into the world and get a bit of recognition you know I've, yeah I've, I've you know, entered stuff into competitions and, and had pieces published which just really kind of fuels the fire when you when you're feeling depleted from from the effort so it's it I've been writing it for just over three years now the novel pretty much on a daily basis so it's like it is like a kind of long torturous labor yeah <laughs> are you the same person now as when you started writing because you just no. said I mean you, for example you just said you gave up alcohol two years ago so yeah how so, has that got anything to do with the writing process do you think yeah or? I mean I would you know when I, I, I and I don't want to kind of say that I basically I wasn't you know I wasn't alcohol dependent or an alcoholic or any of those things I yeah. just when lockdown hit I lived I live on my own as I said but uh, and I, I was never very good at moderation so I was yeah. either having a whole bottle of wine or nothing yeah um and I thought well this this lockdown could go one of two ways so you know you've always thought why don't you have a crack and see what it's like so I gave up initially for a month and then I thought well I've done a month so I'll do this three months and then I signed up to a thing to do a year because I I loved the feeling of of like the clarity of thought and the impact it's had on my writing has been phenomenal okay right so if anybody is toying with the idea of it I couldn't really recommend it enough and now Uh now I just now I've just kind of can't really imagine going back um I suppose I'm too I'm too protective of of this of this 4am routine to 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 it's the the writing has kind of taken over yeah um so yeah I would say that has had the single biggest impact on my work and I I have changed as a a result yeah and do you think that that has um, helped you? Because you you mentioned that you had an, an eating disorder as well, and yeah. are, are you are you kind of recovering from that currently? Yeah, I'm, and I'm, is... I'm fully recovered. Good. Um, I mean, obviously, it's, it it always kind of dangles around. Yeah. Um, there's an awareness there, but um, yeah, I'm I'm completely recovered from that. And and yes, the 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 giving up the drinking definitely had an impact on that too. Um, just because I don't know, I spend more time. You know, I stopped. I'm, you know, I'm no longer sort of tr- trying to escape myself. Weirdly, the book is called Escape Artists. So I think I I used I used drink and and food or or lack of food to to kind of avoid yeah avoid feelings and and it's had a really good impact on anxiety and depression. Um, That's it's so that good to hear. Thing. It's really positive to hear, and um, I mean, it makes me want to read your book all the more just to kind of see the kind of results of not the results but you know what I mean the the, all of that energy and my sober labor the force (laughs) of your sober labor try saying that with a (laughs) after a gin and tonic yes well you wouldn't would you no anyway I remember the feeling though now yeah, that's a, to be going on with. I'm so looking forward to it. And um, and, and you mentioned comedy there as well. And of course, I know that you're a fantastic comedy actor and a real and a great surrealist sometimes comedy writer too, mm-hmm. um, because we've read some of your scripts together, haven't we? Just for fun, really. Yes. Um, which when it was a great deal of fun, I believe I was. I ended up pretending Bernard, I was acting a yeah fishwoman. Was it fish twins? 
I can't remember. Yeah. Yes, but there was definitely a fish and a woman somewhere in it, and it was it was a, an enormous bearded lady. I think you're a bearded lady. Now. Bearded lady, all mm-hmm. all sorts. It's fantastic fun. So I hope that you're going to continue doing that too. Are there any projects around? Apart, I suppose um, you're adapting your novel. So are you doing yeah. it at the same time? I'm doing that at the same time. Okay. Which is, which is uh, yeah. And is that it's for screen or stage? Screen. Excellent. Screen. But I am also toying with the idea of, um, well, I've joined Fish Pie Cabaret, which is a Sheffield institution. Yes. Fantastic. And I can't wait to do it. Um, You know, because it's it's just a bit of, it really indulges that surreal, nonsense, silly side of, of me. Yeah, that's that's on the bubble, as they say. Excellent. Uh, and then I'm also, yeah, I'm working on a little mini solo stand-up routine at the moment, which will probably be happening when I've finished this bloody draft. My right? goodness, you do like to keep yourself busy. A stand-up routine? Have you done stand-up before? Well, I wouldn't say it's it's not actually stand-up. It's more kind of weird, wacky character comedy. But, yeah. Um, just doing it on my own as opposed to yeah. in a... In a comf- in a comfortable comedy double act, so there's no one else, just just me and a poncho, yes. me and a poncho and a tambourine. <laughs> well, we'll make sure that all the um, links for all of this are displayed prominently for everybody to click on and find out where they can watch you and read you, etc. Um, but we're not we're ru- kind of running out of time a little bit. But I just well, wanted. Before we go, yeah, no, 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 we're not going yet. You carry you on to you for because I I put out tweets about how many words I do in the morning and mm. you always are so kind and like like them <laughs> I and do it really helps me so much oh just to be good like, oh, somebody well, cares it's so impressive um, I'm like what how, how did you done it again every day every day yeah no no it's genuine I'm, I'm very impressed so you can just interpret those as impressed of nether edge really so yeah now uh, now then you mentioned as part of your kind of telling us about your the subject matter and the themes in your book that there's stuff in there about artificial intelligence and technology and how Mm. that's changing the world and stuff like that are you a liker and a user of technology or do you find it scary or good question um i am a i'm a user of technology um are you an early adopter? I, I am not a natural. Ah. Um, so I, I, because of what I do, I've been forced to to be able to do things like self-tape and then edit yeah. a very, you know, very basic edit so that I can put my name on a, on a thing and cut out the bits where I mess it up, you know. And then I don't have anything to do with, like, the audio stuff with Prompty Prompt. We have a producer that does all of that for that's us, pete actually. isn't it pete, pete Beeston. yeah yeah big up shout um, out for cornucopia yeah so i mean i obviously like everyone else i'm 100 reliant on my body iphone and yeah. my laptop i couldn't live without it would probably be the thing i'd rescue in a fire i hate myself for saying that but it's more <laughs> to do with the work that's on there not to do with the object itself um but in terms of artificial intelligence i I, I got addicted to the um, the Reith lectures. I don't know if you listen to them. This yeah, year, sometimes. Yeah, but they're all about AI, and they have they have they were they've been integral to to the novel. Um, okay. And they are fascinating and terrifying in equal measure. Yes. So some of the things I've just read a book called Sex Robots and Vegan Meat, which is is again fascinating and terrifying. So uh, 
I, I, I am a fan to a certain extent. You know, I know there's a lot of the social media back chat. I don't understand TikTok, for example. Um, no, never. Or no. Snapchat. <laughs> uh, but I think I'm just showing my age there. So I think it's kind of, I, I'm wondering when the backlash is going to happen. Really, uh, okay, that's, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, I I do a lot, as you know. I'm an audiobook narrator. That's my yes. main thing that I do, and um, it's a really big hot topic at the moment, um, because there are companies who are trying to get their technology to be good enough to narrate fiction novels without any discernible difference from the human voice, and. Most people that I tell this to, or most people who are other narrators, etc., they will say, "Well, they'll never do that. They'll never do it. They'll never be able to do it because of the emotion that you need to tap into." But they will actually, mm. and and you kind of—it's really interesting because I don't know why I'm like this, but I tend to just go, just calm down and think about this a bit more rationally because, of course, it's going to happen. And actually, let's try and just think a little bit beyond that because it's not that that's the, the big problem. It's actually what you do with that. You know, it's how that exists in the marketplace. It's how yes. it affects people's jobs. And, you know, and it's not just going to be straightforwardly just there won't be a need for audiobook narrators because there will. Um, but it will change that marketplace and it will yeah. change how, how, what pe- how people think and, and how people react to stuff like that. Mm. it's it's and I know that's one tiny niche thing to kind of be thinking about with AI because it's so it pervades this is what's every aspect of life absolutely but that you know that's this kind of the thing the thing that that, that's embedded in in the novel as well is is you know everyone's saying well artists are going to be the last like the last human domain right because without lived experience and memory the AIs can't create in the same way that we do because they can't draw on that bank of emotions. Yeah. So in the book, it's all about what happens when they can, you yeah. know, and what happens to the artist if if you can just upload someone else's memory bank into, yeah. into a robot. Yeah. So I, I am fascinated by what happens to the artist when yeah. AI yeah. takes over. I think it is, it is fascinating, and I think yeah. I... You mentioned the Reetha lectures. I think the one of them I did manage to catch, and it was actually a few years ago now, was about um, weapons, uh, AI weapons. And it was just the... And I think there's probably one that I listened to more recently which had a similar kind of theme as well. It's... It's not so much. It's not the technology itself that's that's scary. It's that it's so often developed um, in isolation, and away from um, you know other people whose expertise and whose interest is in things like society, and you know human stuff, and kind of and and think that the whole process that is about thinking about how technology integrates into society, making it for good or making it not for good and and you know just but the, the problem being that if you just do it in isolation then even if you're trying to make it for good it's yeah, probably not you, going to be because no. you're ignoring the rest of human life absolutely we're humans it has to it has to work for us yeah. uh, not you know not only that of course it also has to not you know damage the environment and what have you but yeah anyway I'm doing my I've got I've gone off on one it's good though. I, Again, I, we need to get together and, and have a big old chinwag about this. Let's chinwag. So I'm going to I'm going to watch uh, listen to some more wreath le- lectures. Absolutely, yeah. and, um, and then we can talk about it and 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 put the world to rights. 
Right, we're nearly running out of time and I've got loads more questions, but let me find one or you perhaps you could tell me what you want to say at the end because I was going to ask you things like who are your go-to inspirers? (laughs) I admire anyone that just keeps on bloody going. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, you know, kind of the names, who's right, the writing that I that I love, I love Mary Gateskill, I love Atessa Moshfeg. I love, uh, you know, I love the things that Phoebe Waller-Bridge does. Like, I really admire yeah. what she's managed to do and create. So, yeah, I'm really into to women that, that tell the truth about being a woman. So, yeah, I'm really into strong powerful women yeah lift the lid on on actually what it's like and yeah. and 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 the, the the work isn't just isn't actually just female centric it, it deals with all kinds of other stuff yeah and it's not necessarily about being a woman but it, it presents women in a much more interesting real complex way than we than historically we've been used to seeing yeah I think that it excites me when I read and when I see work with that kind of narrative um right we are we I'm gonna have to wrap up because otherwise I'll never edit it down which is a shame because I'm not going to do the whole desert island like what you're going to listen to type thing sorry about that Uh, you're going to listen to everything yeah you're not allowed to oh not on a desert island love sorry you've got to make your own music mainly but on that, I feel sorry for the birds. <laughs> on that sad note, right? So, how? Tell us how people can contact you if they would like to talk to you about anything oh. about writing or acting or well, coaching they can, or um, they can find me on Instagram or Twitter at Letty Butler, right? Uh, L e t t y b u t l e r, or they can go to my website, which is www.lettybutler.com. I can send me an email, which is butleletty at gmail.com. Anything, really. But yeah, I would say I'm pretty findable. You're findable. Well, that's important, I think. Good. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. That was. Thank you, I really enjoyed that. And and thank you for giving us the time to um, have a little insight into um, your life as a writer, actor, coach, etc. Comedian. Uh, And wish you well with all that. Thank so, you, Matt. Thank um, you for asking me. I've really enjoyed it. Good. Okay. Right. Well, see you later. See you later. That's it for this month. Thanks for joining me. Thank you to my guest this week, Letty Butler. The Words Out Loud theme tune was written and produced by Gerard Fletcher. <laughs>